Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course on TikTok. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. Again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited as per usual to be recording this one here. The biggest thing that is on my mind that I want to start today's podcast episode on is a poll, a survey that I ran on various different social networks yesterday. I asked people if they were happy for 200 days of the year or more. And there have been a significant, a very significant number of people who have responded to that survey saying, no, they are not in a good mood or happy for 200 days or more of the year. And, and I, in fact, I'm actually gonna quote this. I'm gonna pull up, pull open my Facebook and my Instagram right now so I can give you some exact, some exact numbers. So on Facebook, there are 32 votes. Out of the 32, myself being one of them, 53% of the people said no, they are not in a good mood for 200 days or more per year. I ran this survey on, on Instagram as well. I'm gonna pull that survey, the survey results open. So on Instagram, it was 54 people who replied. 24 of them said, no, they're not happy or in a good mood for 200 days a year or more. So that is basically 45% of people who said no. And then on Twitter, there were some responses. I think it was like 10 responses of way less than Facebook and, and, uh, and, um, and Instagram. But still, I'm looking at it right now, 11 votes, 91% of the 11 votes said no, I'm not in a good mood for 200 days a year or more. That's a significant, significant number. There's a significant number of people who are saying no, they are not in a good mood for, for 200 days a year or more. And I want to address this. I think this is a, a, a problem. I really do. I mean, when there's 365 days a year and you're saying that you are unhappy, you're in a bad mood, you're not feeling very good, for 165 of those days or more, I think that's something that has to be talked about. We have to figure that out. Like what the heck is going on? That has to become a top priority to change. And if you're thinking to yourself as, as I'm talking about this and you're going, huh, you know, I probably am only happy for 180 days a year or 190 days a year or whatever the number is, I think we have to try and maximize that number. It doesn't have to be, I'm in a great mood for 365 days a year, every single day of the year, I'm always in a good mood because that's not real. That's not how life works. I think that is common sense. We don't have to spend a lot of time on that. But, but being in a bad mood for 165 days a year, what percentage of the year is that? I'm gonna quickly do the math. I don't even know what the percentage of the year that is. Let's see, 165 divided by 300, no, sorry. Yes, 165 divided by, divided by 365. That's 45% of the year. If you are not in a good mood for 45% of the year, to me, that seems to be too much. 
I don't know what the right balance is, but that seems to be a very significant percentage of time that you're not feeling good. When I think about it for me, right, I was kind of thinking about it like how many days in 2019 was I not feeling very good or was I in a bad mood? And when I thought about it, the answer was maybe 30, maybe 30 days I was not in a good mood. Like that's that's a couple of days a month, like two to three days a month, I'm not feeling good. I think, let's be real, there's days where I'm more tired. There's days where I didn't sleep well. There's days where I was really disappointed about not being productive. There were days where I was feeling maybe lethargic. There have been days where I'm not quote unquote on fire, but I'm still in a decent mood. I would have not, I would not look back at those days and say, oh my goodness, that was a bad day. Oh wow, that was really, yeah, I was in the dumps or I was in a bad mood. Like I wouldn't quantify them that way. When I think for me, roughly 30-ish, days of 2019, I was in a bad mood. I'm like, yes, I was not in a good place. Two or three of those days, probably two of those days were in Taiwan. I remember I was like, I spent an entire day under my covers watching Netflix in the dark for an entire day. Like I was, I was, I, I canceled everything. I didn't teach. I just vanished for a day. Like I was actually, my family's kind of worried. They're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm sick. They're like, oh, okay. Like that was a bad day. The day after that was kind of better day, but not a great day. I remember being having the stomach flu and I was really, really not feeling good. That was a bad day. Like, like there have been bad days, but 165 seems like too many. And so I want to do a bit of a call to action to start this podcast off. I want you to think about how many days a year are you in a good mood or feeling okay minimally? And how many days a year are you not feeling okay? And try and average it out. Some of you might have to have some of you might have to think about on a monthly basis to do some of the math. But I want you, I want you to figure that number out. Then I want you to think about okay, if the number of unhappy days or not good days is actually pretty low, you're like, man, I'm happy most of the time. Yay, fantastic, high five, amazing. But if it is kind of on the lower side, you're like, man, I'm only happy like 200 days a year even 200 is not that many. I want you to think about what can you actually do to make that situation 10% better? Treat it like a math problem. So if you're happy 200 days a year, how can you in 2020 make that 220 days, right? Because 10% of 200 is 20. How could you be happy in 2020 for 220 days? That should be like a whole challenge. 220 for 2020, like something like that. But how can you make that 220? If you're happy for only 100 days and like 265, you're like, yeah, I'm not really that happy. Okay, great. How can you make that 110 days you're happy? How can you move forward by 10%? Because 10% might not seem like a lot, but assuming you're, you know, I know some of the statistics behind who listens to the podcast, like a lot of you are 20, 30, like you're in the 20 to 40 age range. A lot of you, most of you, right? 20 to 50 even maybe you have 30, 40, 50, 60 years left in your life. So if you can move forward 10% per year, like after a five-year window, you're gonna be in a really, really good place and you're gonna have a lot of happy years in front of you. So think about that. What are the things that cause you, what are the things that cause you some level of unhappiness? I think some of the top things, the big, really difficult changes are difficult to change but there's definitely incremental 10% things we can all do, myself included, that can make you that 10% happier. 
Because here's the thing, bad is better than terrible. Bad is better than terrible. This means that if you're in a terrible mood, being in a bad mood still sucks, but it's better than terrible. It's kind of like, I actually view a lot of things in life that way. I actually view a lot of my language learning that way, funnily enough, which is what allows me, I think in many ways, what allows me to, to, be, to be reasonably comfortable making mistakes in languages, to keep moving forward, is that mentality that, hey, I'm pretty terrible at the language today, but a year ago, I was a lot more terrible. And so I feel good that, oh, I'm still pretty bad, but I'm better than I used to be. And I take comfort in the fact that I've progressed. Take comfort in the progression of getting better at your languages. Take comfort that you're getting better with, with um, getting happier in your life. Take comfort that you're getting more fit. Take comfort in the progress. And, and, and that, I think that's a healthy way to view things, not just in languages, but in various aspects of life. You know, there's a there's a TikTok account of all things that I follow, and the guy is a, it's so refreshing to see a guy make this kind of content. Basically, his content is about becoming a millionaire, okay, a millionaire. And and before your brain goes to thinking, oh my god, one of those guys is he a get rich quick kind of guy? Actually, no. He's a very practical individual who's like, hey, if you want to be a millionaire, here are some things you've got to do. He posted something recently saying, if you save $1,000 a year and you invest $1,000 a year in safe investments, he's like, here's what happens after 50 years. After 50 years, I think it becomes like a million dollars or something like that. It was some kind of statistic. And he's like, invest $1,000 a year. If you're 22 and you're 16 or you're 32 or you're, you're however old and you can start that now, if you can start when you're 20 years old, investing $1,000 a year, you're going to have a lot of money, but you're going to have an extra million by the time you're 70. And that's a big, that's a big, that's a big amount of money, right? It's not the most amount of money. Ideally, you should, I think it was more than a million, actually. I think it was more than a million after 50. I want to say it was more, but regardless, the point was chipping away little by little, those incremental changes do build up over time. I think one of the biggest challenges for the human mind, for the human race, for us, all of us, myself included, I'm including myself in all of this. You know, it's funny, all of us, everything I'm saying right now, every single one of us, we're really good at applying those concepts in certain elements of our lives. And the certain elements of our lives, we're really bad at, at implementing those. Like I'm very disciplined with like my work, but I'm not very disciplined when it comes to, I'm not as disciplined when it comes to my personal health. I have to really work harder at implementing the same discipline I have with my work than I do with my health. It takes more work. And all of you can probably relate. You're probably very disciplined or very good or very optimistic. You're probably better at certain things and completely worse at other things when you look at your attitude towards those specific skill sets. But all of that to say that you know, I think that we have to chip away slowly but surely. And the challenge for the human animal is that, you know, when we're making such slow progress, we don't do a good job of understanding that, you know, we're going to be alive for another 50, 60, 40, 70, 20, 30 years. We're going to be, we're going to be alive for a long time. So if you've just made some incremental progress over one year, it's, it often feels discouraging because we're like, oh my God, after a year, this is the only progress I had. 
But we're really bad at understanding that if we continue that progress for 10 more years, wow, this is where we're going to be. We're bad at doing that and I'm bad at it too. Like I try to be good, but I mean, it's hard. It's really difficult, but I try my best to do so. So it's something that I want you to try and keep front and center in your mind that you're gonna be alive a long time so incremental progress in your languages, incremental progress in whatever aspect of your life is a very, very positive thing to strive for. Changing gears, I wanna go heavy, heavy into language learning, enough life-related topics, let's go heavier into language learning. Um, I'm often asked, Azrin, how much should I be practicing? How much should I be studying another language? What should, like, what should that look like? And I've in the past answered it in very general ways. I've said, well, the more you do, the more results you'll get. At least do, I've even said things like at least do five hours a week, at least do a couple hours a week. Like I've had different answers at different points in time. And at the end of the day, I guess I'm saying the same thing. Like my answer hasn't really been night and day different. I just phrased it differently and, and, and packaged it differently, I suppose. But I want to offer a different packaging today. Okay, the packaging I want to offer today is as a general whole, you know, for most of you, for most people, if you're trying to achieve a strong, very fluent level in a language, maybe not near native fluency, but at least like you're very comfortable, you could go travel around, you can talk to people, it still costs some mental effort to talk and listen and everything, but you're, you're reasonably comfortable to achieve that level. I'm going to throw a number out there that for most of you, if not all of you, if you if you hit this number, you're going to be pretty damn good at the language. And I'm going to throw this number and say it's 1000 hours. After 1000 hours of study, you're going to be very strong in the language. Now, a few caveats. You have to have half a brain into putting those hours in. For example, if you do a thousand hours over a span of eight years, and you do a thousand hours of study and all you ever did was listen to music and you listen to music for a thousand hours, I doubt you're going to have a great speaking ability or writing ability or really be very fluent in the language. You have to be reasonably logical about how you're trying to progress. You have to understand that in order to speak, you have to do some speaking practice. In order to understand, you've got to do some listening practice. In order to be able to read, you'll have to do some reading practice. Like, be reasonably logical about it. But if you have any sort of logic attacking a language and you put in that thousand hours, you're going to become very, very strong. B2, B2 level, perhaps even above that. B2, let's say B2-ish level, right? Lower B2, upper B2, somewhere in that upper intermediate level. Another caveat is some of you will definitely get there faster. No doubt in my mind. Some of you might get there after 800 hours, 700 hours. Like I look at my Mandarin. I am approaching a B2 level in Mandarin. I'm getting really close to it. I might even, maybe I'm there. I don't think I'm quite there, but I'm getting there, getting closer, right? And I've probably done 700-ish hours of study of Mandarin over the past five and a bit years. So, you know, definitely might happen faster for some of you maybe a little slower for others, but no, that thousand hour number is going to be very impactful for you. So if you try and hit that number, I think most, if not all of you are going to be very strong in another language. What I like about this thousand hour concept, what I really like about it is it gives a very concrete, number one, it gives a very concrete way to look at language learning progression. 
I think that's a good way to look at it because, um, you know, often if you say, oh, it's going to take you five years, five years, it's difficult to quantify because in that five years, one person might work more than another or might say six years, seven years, two years. It's difficult to quantify because different people work different amounts within that time frame, right? I think as well, five years, we're like, oh, it's a long time. But a thousand hours, for some reason in my mind, really quantifies and really drives home the point of just how much time and effort it takes in order to achieve a high degree of fluency in another level, in, a, in another language. Five years or three years or seven years, when I say that, it doesn't quite drive the point home in the same way. So a thousand hours, I want to stress this number to achieve a high level of fluency in another language. So you can break that thousand hours up however you want. You can do a lot of intensive study. You can do, you can gradually chip your way to a, to that thousand hour number. But I think that's something that we all have to, it's a great number for us to all have in our minds and, and kind of track our way, even have an Excel spreadsheet or a notebook or something where you track those hours to see you kind of approaching that thousand hour mark. Anyway, um, I don't think there's anything else I really want to share. So I appreciate uh, your attention as for always, and we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now.